Hey, this is Jeff Scott Soto, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up, baby. Hey, this is Jerry from the Misfits, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Happy Halloween, everybody. This is Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein of Doyle, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Hello and welcome to episode 355 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 355, we have three uh, very special guests joining us. We have from Sons of Apollo and also Black Country Communion, we have Derek Sherinian, uh, keyboardist, pianist extraordinaire, joining us. We also have one of the founding members of the band Europe, Sweden's uh, greatest rock export, maybe. Uh, they will be releasing a new album, and John Levin is on the show to talk about that new album for us. Also joining us, we have one of the misfits, uh, Doyle von Frankenstein, will be joining us to talk about his tour with Guar. So we're going to turn our attention first to Derek Sherinian, uh, who's got a new album out with Sons of Apollo. The album is available now. It is called Psychotic Symphony, uh, and it is uh, really a very cool progressive album. Um, it's obviously going to be compared to the work of Dream Theater, and, and probably rightfully so, very complex music, very uh, intricate arrangements and such, a very fantastic album, so I highly recommend it. That is obviously uh, the new band Sons of Apollo, which features Jeff Scott Soto, Bumblefoot on guitar, Billy Sheehan on bass, Derek Sherinian on keyboards, and Mike Portnoy on drums. So really an all-star team. Uh, and sometimes that can lead to uh, bands laying an egg, but this one actually turned out very well. So we're going to talk to Derek about that and the new Black Country Communion album. So here's a little bit of the uh, newest single from Psychotic Symphony from Sons of Apollo. This song is called Sign of the Time. Keyboardist extraordinaire Derek Sherinian. How you doing, Derek? Doing great, thank you. How are you? Fantastic. Um, want to congratulate you first uh, 
kind of on the, I don't want to say old news because it's what a, not even a week at this point since the Black Country Communion 4 album uh, landed on the shelves. Um, do you want to talk just a little bit about that and, and what it was like kind of getting the band back together, not to be cliche, but you know, getting the four of you back on the same page musically and schedule-wise? Well, I'll tell you, when you have a band with four strong personalities or egos, whatever you want to call it, like DCC, you're going to get some great music, but then there's also going to be some, you know, conflict. But that's what drives that creative force. You know, the best band, that same combustible, you know, thing happening. So what's beautiful, though, is after five years, we realized that uh, we missed playing together and that it was a shame to not make music because it's a rare occurrence when you can get four or five guys that have a really special sound and I think that BCC has that and so BCC4 was great to be able to come out and do this again. We're going to be playing a couple shows in the UK at the very first of the year but that's all it's going to be are those two shows and so it's great that we can all get together and make music again. Any chance, I I know in talking to to Glenn, it didn't sound like there was much, at least publicly, that he could say on a tour. Um, Any chance those shows might be recorded, you know, kind of like you guys did with the Live Over Europe DVD? Yeah, no, it's not. They're not going to be recorded. So if you want to see BCC Live, you're going to have to uh, fly to England. But you know what? That's fine because I'm going to be completely busy with Sons of Apollo. Uh, immediately after those shows and so that's what I'm completely excited and focused Mm -hmm. on right now is our new record Psychotic Symphony that's coming out October 20th on Inside Out Sony Music yeah and a fantastic album and really it's kind of fun to listen to the two because they're so different musically Um, and you know I think uh, the music we hear on Sons of Apollo I think when we think of Mike's playing when we think of your playing is exactly what we've come to expect over the years and you know the many many you know dream theater albums etc what yeah what did it mean exactly i was going to ask you is that kind of where you feel most comfortable is playing that style of music absolutely i mean i wrote i'm one of the main writers for the band and it's the first time that i've had the control and much control in the writing and then also co-produced the records with Mike mm-hmm. and so I can't there's nowhere else I would rather be than right here now how hard I mean when I look at you know we think of BCC and then we you know think of the scheduling I look at Sons of Apollo I think it might actually be worse um, how did you hurt all of you I mean, it's like an all-star band literally an all-star band how did you guys get everyone lined up Look, here's the deal. When Mike and I decided that we were going to do this, we had a short list of players. We knew we were going to have Billy Sheehan. Mm -hmm. And then Mike brought in Bumblefoot, who was absolutely amazing. The first day I ever met him was our first day in the studio writing and recording. So right away we connected once we started playing. And it was like meeting a long-lost brother of 50 years that I had never met before. And we only had 10 days to make up for lost time so we focused that energy in the writing of Psychotic Symphony and honestly I've been doing press now for the last three weeks probably 200 interviews and every journalist I talk to has the same 
you know, response about this record, just saying that it's they're blown away and it's a masterpiece. Yeah. And it's it really is, and I know that's a lofty statement, but this record seriously kicked ass. Mike and I mixed the perfect blend of great songwriting and virtuosity, and we mastered the art of strategic wankery. There's <laughs> not too much craziness that takes away from the quality of the songs. All the vocals are very listenable in rock and roll. There's no crazy high opera or fake anger like I'm mad, but there's nothing to be mad about. Any cheesy stuff that you hear in a lot of prog metal, we wanted to have very cool rock vocals and and memorable songs. Right. And I think that we nailed it on this record. Absolutely. I mean, I think Jeff's voice, you know, I think gives it an air of a melody which is very approachable to you know a lot of prog music you know can lose casual listeners but i think jeff's voice kind of brings you in um yeah i mean you want to be able to we i mean everything lyrically and vocally the melody lines you'll be able to sing everything live mm-hmm. you know what i mean it won't sound strained and to me there's nothing worse to the human ear than listening to a, a, a vocalist strain to hit the notes and not yeah. hit it yeah, I don't know that we ever get to hear Jeff Strain at all, ever. You know, it's it's, yeah, well, it's and it's nice because you walk away from these songs with memorable melodies. You know, it's not just you know you threw a you know a tenor or a, you know a soprano or whatever on top of a bunch of guys kind of masturbating musically. You guys actually put you know things you want to hear again, melodies you can sing in your head. Um, yeah, very, totally. Very well. But at the same time, we never, we didn't restrain ourselves mm-hmm. musically at all. I mean, there's six sections. I mean, long ass solo sections, crazy, you know, stuff going on. Yeah, I was gonna. Songs. When you wrote those, was Bumblefoot involved with the writing of this, or did you kind of have a lot of this laid out before you went into the studio? Bumblefoot had a lot to do with the writing once we went in the studio I had a few starting points Mm -hmm. that I had demoed out and sent to Mike and one of the few ideas the first things I sent to Mike was the God of the Sun trilogy and it was about 11 minutes or so and Mike heard it and said this is brilliant Uh, let's keep it as is and I want this to open up the record so I was really uh, happy that he was so excited about the song and I think it's a great album opener Bumblefoot, once the three of us got in the studio, there was other starting points that I had, and Bumblefoot had some starting points as well, mm-hmm. and we just started uh, collaborating in there and mixing up the stew, and, and I just, I loved what we did. It was one of the most gratifying musical experiences that I have ever had in my time. Yeah, and I have to commend you for putting God of the Sun at the beginning. You know, a lot of bands will put, you know, kind of the epic song at the end of an album and I think you know it gets a little you know might be by the time they get to the end of the record more than they want to listen to but yours it comes right out of the chute um, well I'll you know, tell you it, what we have to give Mike Portnoy the credit because he sequenced the record I think he did an amazing job and yeah absolutely it takes balls to put an 11 minute song and mm-hmm. I would have done the same thing I mean that's what it is man we're not going to be uh, a Foo Fighter type band although I have to say I think that our song Alive, which is going to be the second single, has a chance to really cross over into mm. rock radio with all those other bands. It is an amazing, uh, it's a killer song. It will probably need to be edited 
the solos or whatever. Yeah. But still, the the choruses are fucking to hit for sure. No. That's just a coincidence. You know what? We're not trying to write hits. We're not trying to be Mahdishi Orchestra or whatever. We just are who we are. And the great thing about Sons of Apollo is that we're like the Marvel Avengers. Everyone is like a superhero in the band and has a signature sound on their instrument. And when we play together, it's it's a synergy that just explodes. And we uh, we love great songs, and we love sick playing. And so I think that we're the perfect hybrid of great songwriting feel and virtuosity. Yeah, I think I think you know from the moment this became an official you know press release kind of thing and you look at that and, and I remember when I saw this you know to our listeners I posted out, who's the weak, weak link in this band there isn't one you know you know most of the time you get a super group there's somebody maybe you didn't hear of before or somebody you know it's kind of like okay this was a buddy yeah. they brought along. you guys are you know you've got five iron men in your Marvel Avengers yeah there's no no weak antelope in this herd we, we definitely carefully wanted to make sure that we had the sickest band in the world and you know I know that's a lofty claim as well but seriously if you look at the band we have an octopus pedigree we've run out of arms to list all the major credits of the members of this mm -hmm. band you just don't see that on top of the fact that pound for pound each player is just dominant on their instrument so yeah. it's just a sick it's going to be a, a five ring circus live once we translate this record and uh, work it out for the show. It's going to be amazing. Now, any issues when you're in the studio trying, you know, maybe having to tone someone down, or, or were you guys able to pretty seamlessly integrate, you know, that? I mean, no one had to yell, hey, turn it down to this guy, or, you know, can you go a little longer? The, no, well, Mike and, I were, Mike and I were the producers of the record, mm -hmm. so we were steering the ship, okay. and... And there was no conflict at all. I mean, we had a lot of work to do in a short amount of time, so there was no time for any of that. Do you find the uh, the amount of time that, you know, you see albums produced anymore in, in weeks as opposed to what used to be months, um, do you find that somewhat beneficial that you don't sit in, in, especially music like yours, you know, you could analyze to death, I'm sure, some of the solo sections and, and tweak and redo things until you're, drive yourself insane is it better to have a defined deadline in this kind of music to say hey we have to stop this is what it is now yeah I mean it would have been nice to have twice the time that we had I mean I talked to Mike about that and he agrees it, like three weeks would be really nice mm -hmm. to have instead of just two uh, that extra week would have been really cool to do some other things but you know what it is what it is the black country communion sessions are even shorter yeah those are five days those are one one week and those go at a lightning pace but you know what there's a beauty to that too when you're put on the spot as an artist and you have to react and and figure out what part you're going to play what sound and and really try to contribute to the song and, and you don't have time to germinate with this music and sit and experiment you have to fucking do it right there and you got to dial up the sounds because it's on to the next song we're cutting two a day mm -hmm. so there's there's uh something cool about that too right it's very honest and reactive yeah but now, again you know like the god is the sun it took me a couple weeks to write that song and i took my time and i i like molded it and, and cut parts and 
extended things until I was perfect with that exact 11 minutes and 11 seconds, polishing it like a, a diamond. So that, that's gratifying as well, too. So I like having the balance of both writing processes. Now, do you guys have tour plans mapped out, or is it still a little too soon? I know the month, you know, you've got almost a month till the album comes out. I mean, do you have Yes, anything? we're starting We're starting with Cruise to the Edge in early February, and then we will go off into a full U.S. tour and then to Europe. Dates are being booked as we speak, but you can stay in touch with our on top of our tour movements at sonsofapollo.com. Also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We do constant updates, and, and you'll be able to get all from any of those social media outlets. Awesome. Well, Derek, I want to congratulate you. Psychotic Symphony, a fantastic record, and also the Black Country Communion 4. Um, two very different records, obviously, but uh, both came out fantastic. So, uh, Thank you so much. To... I, feel very, I feel very grateful and blessed to be able to play with the very best musicians in the world and make music and tour. And It's all good, man. Life is good. Wonderful. Well, uh, we hope to, we will see you in Pittsburgh before too long, and we wish you all the best with the new records. Thank you. I'll talk to you later, man. Take care. All right, a big thank you to Derek Sherinian for coming on the line. Obviously, Sons of the Apollo's new record, Psychotic Symphony, is out now, and Black Country Communion 4, so quite a big time for uh, Derek uh, with new releases, so check those out. We're going to turn our attention now to another band that's got a new release out. This is a band that's been around Probably as long as many of you fans have been. This is uh, the latest from the band Europe. They've got a great new album out now. It's called Walk the Earth. Uh, and one of the two original founding members, John Levin, has uh, been kind enough to join us and talk about that new album. So we're going to give you some classic Wings of Tomorrow era Europe. John Levin. John Levin on the line. How are you doing, John? Very good. How are you? Doing very well. We are just weeks away from the release of the new album, Walk the Earth. Um, this album is, is, I think, eagerly awaited. The last album, obviously, was fantastic, uh, War of Kings, uh, just a few years back. Thank you. Um, can you talk yeah. a little bit about uh, you know, the process of what went into making this new album, how you guys kind of put the songs together? Yeah, we, we've been uh, touring quite extensively since uh, War Kings. And uh, in short breaks in between the touring, we've been writing at home all by ourselves, uh, home recording stuff that we send, send along to each other. And uh, we kind of bring it up when it's time to to make some music for a new album. And then we just get together and rehearse. And uh, we didn't really re rehearse too much this time or 
we knew that uh, we're probably going to do a lot of changes of the material with right. Dave Cobb producing and everything. So we didn't we didn't want to rehearse so we get stuck in anything like that. Don't be open to to changes. Sure. Now, um, the, do you guys when when you're setting out to write new material, do you ever talk about maybe themes or, or the type of music or is at this point in your career you guys are kind of natural at this and you know what you want the band to sound like yeah I think it just comes naturally I don't think we do, uh, talk about it that much uh, I mean we, we discuss the, the different song ideas that uh, all the members come up with and which ones we're going to work on mm-hmm. or uh, which ones we're going to save for later so uh, I don't think we discuss really uh, how how we should sound, how the album should sound. We just just make it to see what comes out. Right. Um, Not over analyzing anything. Yeah, I think sometimes rock and roll and over analyzing are not a good combination. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> you guys just in you know in the last year kind of celebrated the um, 30th anniversary of the milestone album um could you talk just yeah. to reflect a little bit about that i mean obviously you've been reflecting on that album for about 30 years now but um you know just what kind of that what that symbolized okay. for you yeah well uh yeah we did a tour for uh, the 30th anniversary of defiant countdown and we did actually play two albums we did the full uh war kings album we started with that and, and we ended the show with uh, uh, all the songs from Defiant countdown so what's going to uh, Kind of interesting to uh, to play songs that we haven't probably played for twenty years mm-hmm. or so. But the re- the reaction from the people who came to see us was fantastic, and we we shot the whole thing for a DVD as well. And so uh, it's out on DVD and CD, and I think vinyl as well. Yeah, you guys have a couple of really good you know DVDs, and for us, those of us in the United States, it's sometimes easier for us to see you on DVD than it is to actually get to shows um yeah. do you guys get nervous with with the cameras does that affect you as a player at all uh if you think about it just before you go on stage uh you know you get a little bit of a hiss in your stomach maybe mm-hmm. but uh then you just uh, walk on stage and uh, lose yourself in the in the moment so you don't really think about it right um you maybe pay attention to the faces you're making at the camera that kind of stuff maybe a little bit but um, oh, let's play around a little bit with the camera. I mean, if you see a camera guy come walking towards you, you kind of know he's there. Got to make the cool rock faces. Um, with the Walk the Earth, um, <laughs> do you guys foresee, or, or really at any point, being able to tour in the United States is, is a financial thing? I know it's obviously tough for a lot of European musicians that even with great success in Europe, it's still very cost prohibitive to come to the yeah, U.S. Yeah, I really hope we were going to come over this time to play this uh, this album and other songs as well of course but I, I would love to come to America and tour we love to, to tour in America and I think we should do more of it mm-hmm. absolutely now um, taking you back a couple of years ago with the success I think the kind of renewed success the band had at least in the United States with using the track you know on Just Dance did that were you guys even aware that song was going to be used in the video game um when it happened and were you at all surprised by the reaction it seemed to have in the video game I, I, I'm not sure I know about it in the Just what, Dance what video game? 
It was used as a in a. Oh, I didn't, oh, oh I said no. Okay, uh, I didn't really know that. <laughs> well, that, I haven't uh, seen that. I have to admit that yeah, it was used in in one of these uh, simulated dancing games, and uh, it was a big craze. You know, oh, right. one of the more popular songs in the. You know, I had to kids. ask my son about that. Yeah, exactly, because that's that. It's funny. I know. Um, you know, my own personal our school marching band is now playing the final countdown, and I think it's you know largely based on the success of those kids hearing that. You know, it's probably been five years since it was in that video game, but you oh, know, wow. it's a song that I had shipped it out. You know, teenage kids don't necessarily hear that on the pop radio, but uh, you know, it's fun to no, hear. No, not really. No, it's uh, fun yeah. to hear young musicians. Yeah, you know, no, we, we did that uh, the the Geico commercial last year, or was two years ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> was it a year ago, maybe one and a half year ago with the Yarko? Yeah, I remember so, that as well. With the uh, but but I'm over here, so I don't really know how much they show it so I, or did show it. Let's put it. It was that one was well received as well. The Geico uh, that was a, a, whoever yeah. got the band involved with the Geico commercials was very wise because they're they're very uh, I yeah. think lighthearted, but um, you know showed the band in a great light and yeah. you know, it was nice yeah. to hear the yeah. hear the stuff. So. Um, John, yeah, I, they were good, good, good pieces of record. Yeah, now one of the things I noticed in, with the new album, to me, when I was listening to it, I couldn't help but hear maybe some Deep Purple influences coming through. Is Purple a band that you guys yeah. kind of all enjoy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think especially me and uh, the drummer, actually. But, uh, I was always a big fan of both uh, Deep Purple and Rainbow. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's coming across. Yeah, at least I, I read all, all the, I read so many comments on YouTube and stuff, and there's so many that says uh, there's a Let's Up in the Purple kind of vibe to at least uh, Walk the Earth, the song that's the only song they heard so far. But, but I mean, that comes, I mean, we, we try to go, we said this a few years now, a few albums, we said we try to go, go back more to <clears throat> where we come from, our roots. Mm-hmm. and definitely the, the Purple and the Zeppelin Black Sabbath those are the bands that formed us yeah yeah I think it it, it came through very well on this UFO and Thin Lizzy yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah very very well well John I want to thank you I know you've got a busy afternoon ahead of you and I don't want to keep you any longer but I want to thank you so much and again oh no problem the, uh, the new right. album Walk the Earth is going to be out on October 20th here in the United States um, you're going to be touring with Deep Purple um, which is going to be uh, great for those in the UK who are lucky enough to see that. Uh, uh, it would be great to yeah. hop a plane and see you guys in Deep Purple before the, before they call it quits, yeah. whenever they call it quits. Uh, their long yeah, road goodbye. You said this is going to be the last tour, but they're not sure anymore. I mean, look at a band like Scorpions. They've been out in the farewell tour for eight years. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I remember paying to see Kiss do a farewell tour, and I think it was 2000, and... and they're still coming around. <laughs> yeah, that's what, maybe you guys yeah. ought to do that. You know, Europe. You know, you know the final yeah, count, the final years. countdown tour or something, and, and just do it for eight or nine years. Yeah. It's good marketing, yeah. I suppose. Well, John, thank you so much, and, and I wish you guys all the best. With oh, the thank record. you. All right, big thank you to John Levin. Uh, we're going to turn attention now to uh, a tour that's coming to Pittsburgh on the 23rd to play Mr. Small's Theater. We've got Guar coming in to do a show with Ghoul. And also our guest, next next guest, Doyle Von Frankenstein. Uh, Doyle, obviously, of the Misfits fame. Uh, so we talk a little bit about the you know the shows that the, the remaining members of the Misfits have been doing lately and about his new album. So without further ado, here's Doyle. 
we have on the line Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein, who is coming with war to Mr. Smalls on the 23rd. How you doing today, Doyle? Doing great. How you doing? Doing fantastic. Um, you've got a fantastic new album out, uh, As We Die. Um, can you talk a little bit for me about how those collection of songs kind of came together? Uh, I just, you know, sit around in my underwear playing my daughter's pink acoustic guitar and come up with riffs and then make songs out of them, demo them, you know, uh, arrange them, send them to Alex Story from Cancer Slug Band, my singer in Doyle, and uh, he puts in the uh, vocal melodies and all the words. So do you guys, um, is this kind of done digitally? You send them, you know, stuff via email? Is this kind of how you collaborate? I don't have a computer, so I, I send them a CD with all the uh, tra- uh, wave files on it. Excellent, excellent. I like to hear that because, you know, so many bands anymore kind of build these things, you know. It's just an email here, an email here. If you're lucky if they Skype uh, to get the songs Well, that's together. all you need. That's all you need. You don't have to be in the same room with anybody. I don't like being in, around anyone when I'm writing a song. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when you go to actually put the album, you know, to record it, you know, for the, you know, for the release, do you guys go to a studio or do you use um, Pro Tools? Um, I recorded at home on, on Tascam equipment that they um, are so generous to give me. Okay. And do the guitars and bass at home, all the drum programming. Then I uh, give the tracks to the singer and the drummer, you know. Tell the drummer keep all the the beats, all the mm. kick patterns, and all the rolls that sound like it should be there, and then make it his own. At least that's what I did with the second drummer on the, on the second album, Brandon sure. Firstborn. First drummer had no idea what the fuck to play, so he had to play exactly what I programmed. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it, man. Um, you're gonna be heading out on the road with Guar uh, here very soon. Um. When you're doing a show with a band like Guar on the bill, I mean, I imagine in a lot of cases, you know, your theatrics kind of trump most bands uh, that you tour with. But when you're going, you know, on the road with Guar um, and their visual presence there, do you tailor your show at all uh, to their audience, or is it a pretty good mesh from what you found over the years? I don't tailor myself to anything. I do what I do, and whoever don't like it could go fuck off. Excellent. Well said. Um, can we talk just a little bit about the, um, you know, the kind of the, the reunion of sorts with the Misfits, how that has been for you personally? What's the question? The reunion shows that you've done with, with the Misfits, how have those been for you personally? Um, uh, stressful and funny. Uh, stressful just going back into the material, or is it just, the, you know, Dealing with now, the material I play riding a unicycle naked, and I ain't never rode a unicycle in my life. But uh, it's all the bullshit, you know. The um, do you enjoy doing shows, you know, of the size of those now? I mean, because obviously those draw, you know, a pretty good crowd. Um, is you know, as opposed to the smaller venues where you know, the bands like War would play. Do you do you enjoy the the size of those type of shows? Oh yeah, of course. The bigger the show, the better. And from a, from an insider perspective, because I know a lot of people are very, um, you know, in in punk and even in metal, ba- fans tend to you know be somewhat protective of the bands that they love, um, you know, and you know as 
Iron Maiden fans might find it kind of annoying that, you know, they see tons of people wearing Iron Maiden t-shirts. Do you, I mean, obviously you guys have maybe a financial interest in people wearing Misfit stuff, but does it seem weird to you, the generations of people wearing the, the merch that may not actually come to a show? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> whatever, whatever brings the cash. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool shirt, you know, you want to wear it, you fucking wear it, you know, and, uh, you know, my perfect example of what you're talking about is Metallica's Black Album, all these so-called diehard fans are like, oh, they sold out, fuck them, yeah, for every one person they lost as a fan, they gained fucking 10,000, so, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to see them do good, I thought the record was great, so, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, certainly some of the albums after that we could discuss, but yeah, you you can't argue with the quality of, of that album and the success of that. Uh, I think it was Jason Newsett who said they sold out, but they sell out every night. So yeah, every yeah. night, everywhere. That's, that's, that's yeah, you can't. They brought can't. back to head with that record. Yeah, can you talk for a little uh, for those who aren't familiar about your guitar? Um, who makes it? You know, who kind of came up with that design? I make it, and I came up with the design. Okay, that's cool. I mean, do you um, do you do a lot of luthier stuff, or is that just something that was kind of a one-off thing that you did? Um, it's kind of uh, common sense when you look at it, how to make it. You know, we have a machine shop, and I would look at the machines, and I look at the guitars, and I'm like, I can make this puppet, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like making a table. It's the dimensions, all the measurements, math. got to be right. Yeah. Were there were there some um, you know kind of cutting room floor designs that you know before you got it you know the one that you're playing currently? No, that's it. Straight up, one shot, boom. Hit hit pay dirt. Excellent. Yeah. All right, well, do I want to thank you so much again? You're coming into Pittsburgh on the 23rd doing a show. Uh, your new solo album is available, and uh, you'll be doing the show with War that night. So we'll look forward to seeing you when you get into town, man. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. All right, take care. All right, big thank you to Doyle, John Levin of Europe, and also Derek Serenian of Sons of Apollo for coming on the show. Again, Doyle will be in Pittsburgh to do a show on the 23rd with uh, his namesake band Doyle, uh, opening for uh, Guar uh, on what should be a mad night of music. Also, uh, Europe's got a new album coming out uh, by the time you hear this, and Sons of Apollo on the same day. So I kind of new releases for everybody, so be sure to check those out. You can visit us at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can visit us at ironcityrocks.com, facebook.com, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube are all forward slash ironcityrocks, or email us at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Until next time, I want to thank you so much for listening.